Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 37 of Business Therapy, a show about helping real professionals solve real business problems. Every week, we invite guests onto the show to help guide them through the normal pains and setbacks of working through their career. Using a mindfulness-first approach, we help our guests find conscious solutions and help give them the tools to take on challenges that inevitably pop up during the ups and downs of business. I'm Sam Drawshack, and as always, I'm here with Jonathan Adams. And today, we're going to have multiple guests come onto the show, starting with Jane Milgram. Hey, Jane. Hi, Sam and Jonathan. This is our inaugural Where Are They Now episode, where we bring (laughs) guests from previous episodes onto the show, and they can discuss if the therapy was successful, it was a flop, um, how it it impacted them going forward. So Jane has been gracious enough to rejoin the podcast today. Um, Last time we spoke with Jane, she had questions for us about how to manage unrealistic expectations for management. So kind of a conversation about managing up but also a conversation about, you know, when you're given impossible tasks, how do you be honest and communicate that to manage the situation? So Jane, welcome back to the show. I guess, where are you now? Let's go ahead and see how you're feeling. And if the business therapy led you astray or led you in the right direction. (laughs) Well, I definitely often think about my one session. I might need more. I think some things about therapy are consistent conversations, right? And holding myself accountable to actually implementing some of the suggestions and actions that you get out of the session. Um, One particular thing that stood out to me that I kind of think about and have thought about over the last, I guess, eight weeks since I was last on is like putting myself in this box that I kind of created that other people maybe um, didn't even dictate that box, right? So the expectation that I'm holding myself to and accountable for is really something that I came up with, right? It's a standard that I held hold for myself. And maybe leadership doesn't necessarily have this full standard or expectation. And I'm trying to kind of open my mind and say, maybe this is really enough and that's all they want. Um, and not kind of, um, I guess, fight as hard for my standards if that's not matching theirs. And have you, how have the results been or how, how, what, what's been your impact? Have you sensed any change in, in the work itself? So I think I definitely have become a little less uh, personally attached to some of the feelings, which I think is a good thing. Um, Another thing is is the prioritization. So I am trying to prioritize certain asks that I think I can make an impact on instead of asks that they would maybe like me to do, but I know that I'll get caught in a spin cycle. So that's some of the things over the last couple of weeks that I've um, kind of changed what I will like put a lot of energy into versus not a lot of energy into. Um, and I think that's helpful because in in that sense, the things I know I can impact, I am making a bigger impact and I'm doing better work. But the things that I feel like I can't impact that much, I'm kind of delivering and getting feedback and not like overthinking it or holding myself to some insane standard that is really not like achievable. And how do you find your level of engagement? Is it the same, less than, more than? That's a good question. I would say that as I'm reflecting the level of engagement on some of 
the things that I'm putting my energy into because I can make an impact are a lot higher than the level of engagement on the things that I don't feel like I can personally make an impact on and that maybe the company isn't ready for. So I think that's good because instead of feeling less engaged around and not feeling like I make an impact, I'm kind of getting that good um, work done, I guess, and delivering something I can be a little bit proud of, even if it's not like the main request. And I think that's definitely being recognized. So, you know, in certain initiatives, even if they're smaller initiatives, I can kind of check it off the box and do deliver good work, um, even if it's not like the number one corporate initiative. So I definitely think that um, delivering and controlling something, like controlling my work and feeling like I'm doing something good, even if it's a smaller corporate impact is still making me feel better and it's still being recognized by my team, right? Which is ultimately probably what's important for like my personal career and my growth. Sounds like you're more mindful, more present. Trying. <laughs> and how has the communication been around some of these topics? Because it sounds like you're managing your scope a little bit more so. And when people are giving you these instructions, do you find that you're feeling um, more confident or you're at least more aware of how you can communicate more openly or honestly? Like, how are the communications with management going around the work that you're taking on or the work that you feel is appropriate versus not appropriate? Is there any, any shift there? I think that um, I'm continuing to try to be transparent about like what can and cannot be done, trying to use a little more clarity around like the why, like maybe providing timelines around like why I can't do something by a certain date, right? It's, you know, these are the seven milestones and these seven milestones take X amount of weeks. So, you know, if, if your deliverable is due before this timeline, like either I need extra resources or like we need to move the timeline. Um, so I'm trying to do a little bit more of that, but I would also say that I'm communicating my feeling and my insight and they can sort of take that and do what they want with that. Like not feeling like I'm not doing, delivering something by saying no or saying yes, but you know. So I think I'm just being maybe to Jonathan's sentence, like a little more mindful of the way I'm reacting to me delivering the news, I guess, if that makes sense. <laughs> I think so. And, and it sounds like you are delivering that news um, with a little bit more assertiveness. Do you feel like, and especially for a lot of listeners who I think would probably have similar trepidation to be more honest with their management, um, do you feel like you, they've been responding well to you kind of talking more about your opinion, setting boundaries, some of the things you're talking about? Have they been responding positively or neutrally, I guess? Or you haven't been yeah. fired those. Yes. <laughs> Still there. Um, you know, I think I'm delivering value in other areas. So even if I'm pushing back on, an, on one deliverable, right, I can still deliver something else. So to me, a lot of it is that they're, they're giving a lot of deliverables, but really maybe the expectation isn't that all 10 need to be complete, right? It's like maybe four of them can be complete by this time and, and kind of being transparent on the like where we are with each project or with each deliverable or just, you know, a process change, like how's it going? Um, I think that there's definitely 
you know, they're holding me somewhat accountable to the ask, but also they're not really holding me accountable to the, the deadline or the project. So it's like, I'll take it as far as I can and I'll give the feedback. And then it definitely seems like they're receptive to hearing about the reasons why. Um, and, you know, bringing that back to the executive leadership and saying, you know what, maybe this is something we need to do next year, or maybe we need more resources to do this if we want to do it. Like, how can we shuffle this stuff around? So, I mean, I think that the company I work for in general is relatively receptive to hearing feedback. It's just whether or not they'll act on it is like a separate thing. So a lot of it is like a me thing from my past experiences is like, thinking about if I was at this company, how would this leader react to me saying this? And that's where my standard came from. And I'm not at that company anymore. I'm at a different one. So a lot of it is also just like learning, even though I've been there for several years. So um, I think it's a good and bad thing, right? It's, it's good to give feedback, but it's also, um, you know, it takes time to like learn and adjust in every new environment. And also there's a lot going on um, at my company with and expectations I think continue to change and evolve. So like we have to also adapt the way we're delivering the news. It sounds like things are getting done. It sounds like work is being accomplished. Uh, and if you add it all up, maybe not to the level of what might be possible, but certainly sounds like you're delivering Right. And sometimes like smaller things getting done are okay, right? You might not accomplish the large, the big things, the big shiny new things, but if we can do a few smaller things and a few quicker wins or, you know, impact team workload or workflow or make things a little bit easier for somebody, right? That's still something to like celebrate. So I think we have to like remember that too when we're in a big corporate organization. Well, wow. and there's a few important points that you you've made in the last few comments, and the and I'll I won't start with that one you just said, which is all huge initiatives, no matter how ambitious or how large in scope, start are always going to start with small steps mm-hmm. and small wins. There, and you know, in the whole agile revolution, they even say big projects should methodically release baby steps and get in, in, like immediate relief and immediate units of value and incremental wins to actually achieve a bigger vision. So I think the mentality that you're starting to state naturally about, you know, the small things that we can do, get some value going, get some momentum, get some wins. It's generally just, I think, a great mentality, even, and I don't, I'm only saying it because it almost like you were couching it as, well, this is an expense of maybe not being able to get the next big shiny thing or the next huge thing, but it's the small wins that will become the huge win. And it will always be that way, whether you mean it to or not. So I think, Focusing on what you can do, what you can do effectively, and what you can do now is always going to have great outcomes. And then the second thing you, you, you've been talking about, too, about the, uh, I, I think it, it's a huge thing you're, you're, you're bringing awareness to, this presence of you might have had a bad manager in the past, or you might have had a more constrictive manager in the past. And we've all dealt with that, where you have one bad experience at work. And it's like in personal relationships, too. You can't let that scar you or define how you're going to interact with every manager for the rest of your career. And I think you articulating it the way you did is really powerful in the sense that, you know, you might've had some less open environments and it made you kind of closed up, 
and just kind of sitting and reflecting and starting to have conversations with your management now helps you realize that, oh, this isn't that manager. This isn't that difficult situation. And you don't have to bring that burden with you to every job. You can always kind of assume you're starting fresh. You may get burned in the future or, you know, whenever again, but always kind of knowing what you know and being open and starting from that place of openness and having honest feedback will help you get great results. And it seems like you're, you're getting them now. Yes, I think I am. I'm not trying to. Yeah. I want to, I want to acknowledge you though. Uh, very significantly, it's very rare that I see someone who's in the kind of position you were in just a short period of time ago, two and a half months ago or so, where you're feeling crushed by all this expectation around you. And usually that leads to very black and white thinking. And this, this speed with which you were able to change a perspective and remain engaged and not just totally disengaged, say, oh, they don't care. They set unreasonable expectations. Why should I try? Rather, you found a path that is productive and uh, adds value. And that's actually how you build capability in an organization and within yourself. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm just shocked at the speed with which you were, you, you, you were able to do it. In fact, you, your whole energy feels really positive right now. Um, which is really wonderful to see. So I, I don't know if that was a, a quality of our input so much as uh, you know your yes. openness to uh, well, I mean, okay, give us a give us a plug, but you know, no, in all in all honesty, like that, that's uh, that that's really you uh, because that takes a lot to go from you know black and white thinking to seeing the gray, and I could tell you that uh, you build up on this, and as Sam's saying everyone else will see that what's happening and, and, and the positive way things could be done. And that's where the energy will naturally flow. You're creating this conduit for energy that uh, I would not minimize uh, in any which way. It's, 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 even, if it's, even if it wasn't contributing to a specific big project, just getting things done and showing how it's possible within this framework really, really adds a lot for everybody. So... Hats off to you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for providing, for providing the platform to like have a level-headed discussion, I think. Sometimes, you know, it's fun to talk with coworkers. I leverage a lot of my old coworkers um, to kind of have some of these conversations, but it's also always great to hear like a third-party perspective when, um, you know, you don't have some of those past experience or burdens or, you know, biases. Um, yeah. Here in business therapy, we just try to contain a, a container without politics, which helps. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, as part of the where are they now, it seems like you're doing quite well. Um, I will ask if you have any feedback for us. And I think that's a really important part of the process because you were able to come on to business therapy. You've been out there for several months trying to bring awareness to things. And, you know, we've been saying that it's been helpful. But what could we have done better? Is there anything that you could say to us after our first session that could have helped you more? Or like you said, you kind of started the episode saying that it's a work in progress as, as it always is. Yeah. But, uh, what can you tell us about your experience and how we could have been maybe even more, more insightful for you? Um, I think that I came on with sort of a generic topic and it kind of led to a long conversation that was very great. I got great tidbits out of it. Um, but I would say that like you guys did a great job giving pretty directed feedback out of a topic that was pretty broad. 
Um, maybe I start to narrow in on like more specifics and then we can kind of dive into, you know, more of, I don't know, like, I guess more mechanical ways to action versus like feelings and awareness. So, um, you know, I think that the episode was really great and I had a lot of, I've, I hear little Jonathan quotes in my head sometimes, which is really funny. Um, but also like maybe a little more narrow. So it's like slightly more actionable for maybe others if they're not feeling the exact same way that I am. So it sounds like you just want more therapy. Yeah. Okay. Maybe <laughs> people running lists. Maybe that's we start, it, you know, it starts with awareness and then, then we have to, you know, as the consciousness grows, then, then you can get more, but it sounds like you're already 20 steps ahead. So, uh, that's how I try to keep it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> right well, awesome. Awesome feedback. Yeah. We would love to get more targeted. So keep those question lists running and who knows, maybe in a few more months, uh, Jane Milgram will appear back on the show with a, with a detailed Q and a session. That could be yeah. fun. To, we can get into yeah. some time. Maybe we start a Truval mentorship, uh, where you could be the me a mentor. So. Sounds great. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming back on the show, Jane. It was really great to see how you're doing and where you're at. And it sounds like you're really on the up and up. Um, so we're happy to hear that you're doing well and let's stay in touch. Thank you so much. It was so nice to see and chat with everyone here. Thanks, Jane. Thanks, Jane. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Uh, we're introducing our second guest, Heidi Drawshack, who's joining us for the Where Are They Now episode. So welcome back to the show, Heidi. Thanks for having me. So last time Heidi was on the show, we were talking about how to handle difficult negotiations, especially around pricing with clients, um, how to maintain your boundaries and how to kind of create healthy outcomes in, in what can be contentious situations, especially when you're negotiating sales and annual contract renewals. So Heidi, I know we gave a bunch of uh, critical feedback. Um, why don't you tell us how everything went or how you are now and what's going on with you after, after as a result of business therapy? Sure. So turns out when you set boundaries, healthy boundaries, and uh, try and create healthy relationships with clients, some of those relationships are not going to exist because having them in a healthy space is basically impossible. Um, so I have actually had quite the tumultuous two months since we last spoke. We went into our annual contract renegotiation and essentially realized that a couple of our clients basically were incapable of having a healthy relationship with us. So a lot of what you guys had recommended, and I think I really took into the meetings was saying, not only do I need to respect my work, but I need to work with people who respect my work. And I need to be comfortable saying, this is what I'm worth. And if you can't respect that, like I'm willing to walk. And so I don't know if I was fully aware of how intense it was going to get, but I went into it with that. You know, I kind of thought like, okay, I'm going to set healthy boundaries and people are going to hear that and they're going to respond positively. Um, turns out a lot of times people will respond very negatively to that, especially if you have years of experience not setting boundaries. <clears throat> and so we got into a very contentious situation with our biggest client where they we basically set a boundary and they made it very clear that they were uninterested in meeting 
us where we were asking to be met. And so I decided to walk. So we decided to basically tell the client that we were uncomfortable moving forward and uninterested in moving forward. And then from that, uh, because that was our biggest client, we could have kind of limped along or pieced together a bunch of smaller contracts, but we just kind of took it as a sign that we were supposed to, this was supposed to be, you know, the closing of a chapter. And so since I last spoke to you, I actually, we basically dissolved the company. Um, it still exists, but we essentially told all of our clients that May was going to be our last month of service and that we were going to go do something else. So I'm kind of floating in the professional nether space and trying to figure out what's next. And I would say it was not an easy transition. And like I said, one that I think I was not necessarily expecting, um, but I am actually extremely excited. And I think it was for the better and probably like you guys mentioned by setting a boundary, even though people basically said, no, sorry, we're not going to meet you there. I came out of it feeling a lot better because for the first time I was kind of like, Hey, I'm not bending to your will. I'm not going to kind of make this work at my own expense. And so I think whatever I go do next is going to be pretty exciting. So yeah, it's been an interesting two months. <laughs> so, so th this is a lot to take in Heidi. Um, when you came to them and said, this is, this is what I'm worth. Was it end of negotiation? Like they, 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 kicked you out of the, the the room and said, you know, we never want to work for you or how did that actually play out? Yeah. So, uh, essentially what happened was we basically came into the room and said, Hey, look, we've been essentially undervaluing ourselves for several years. And if we're going to continue this, like we would like to be recognized for the work that we're doing and compensated accordingly, which I do recognize and I've thought about a lot since, and we talked about it on the podcast, I had set up a very unhealthy relationship where so much of our relationship was built on things that I just did in the background. And, you know, we never talked about or responsibilities that my team took on and nobody ever mentioned. So I think in some ways it was a shock to the client because they basically showed up to the meeting and said like, or, you know, what, like, what are you talking about? And so yeah, exactly. So there was a lot of things where to be fair, we had not been very good at communicating as the contract progressed of saying like, this is the more work that we're taking on. Here's all the responsibilities that we're taking on. And so I think some of that was very stark in the meeting because I was for the first time kind of saying like, we do this and this and this. And the client was like, okay, we've never heard about any of this. Like nobody's ever mentioned any of this. And so I think it was a learning opportunity for me because I realized how much better I could have been at communicating what we were doing as it was happening. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, basically we walked into the meeting, said, okay, this is who we are. This, or this is what we want. This is where we're at right now. This is what we would expect to move forward. And we're just met with a lot of resistance. And I could already tell from the way that they handled it. They just expected me to figure it out or come to the table because that's what I've done in the past. And so they expected me to just negotiate or be willing to basically meet their terms. And so I think there was a lot, like there was a lot of shock as the days progressed where I, you know, kept setting my boundary and saying like, no, we're not going to negotiate. I'm not willing to work with you on this. Again, if you want to come my way, if you want to, and that's not to say we weren't willing to negotiate. I would have been very willing to negotiate, but they were looking for basically a capitulation, not a negotiation. And that I was not willing to do. 
Um, but, so but there was an enormous like, amount of resistance. But it sounds like you still had the option. It's not like you could have kept things going exactly as they were. You couldn't yes. do it, you know, uh, once your eyes are open, but you, you could have done that. I just, I point that out to, uh, to our listeners because a lot of times people think that they, they don't even want to say anything that might upset anybody or, you know, uh, upset the apple cart in any which way, because it's one and done, and then you won't be able to uh, ever come back from it. But here, it's not like they just walked away and said, we don't want to work with you ever again. They just did not want to meet you on any terms that you were offering, but there was no harm in, in saying it. And it could have positioned you for next year, you know, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And I will say uh, on kind of a funny note, not only, again, I walked from the client, the client did not walk away from me. Right. We actually had the opposite issue where they like didn't believe that I was walking. And so we spent like six weeks where I was like, you need to find a new me. And they just kept being like, okay, sure. Anyway, so we'll talk next week. And I kept being like, I am leaving. And so it, it was actually quite the opposite. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I set a boundary, like you, you know, like you're, I think you're pointing out, it wasn't that I set a boundary and all of a sudden the client was like, I can never work with you. Like, how dare you set a boundary? It was more like I set a boundary. They were like, I'm just going to ignore that because I'm used to just ignoring that. And then I had to actually forcibly be like, and I had to forcibly set the boundary and say like, I am walking and I am doing it. And it almost got awkward how much they were just like, I don't want to hear it. Like, la la la, let's just pretend you're not walking. So yes, I do think, you know, to your point, I don't think I would have lost the contract. I think I probably could have, if I had changed my mind two days later and been like, made a mistake, I think I probably could have went back. And I think quite frankly, if I had even went and pushed a little bit harder, I probably even could have negotiated something that was a little bit more favorable to me. But I think, like you said, once my eyes were opened and I realized like, these are people that don't really respect my work, I couldn't unsee that. And so I think that was, you know, at that point I, I basically had to walk if I was going to respect myself. And, and when you were on the podcast, you mentioned being interested in working for them for free. Like that's how committed you were to the, the, the work that you, that, 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 you know, was available to, to you there. So that's a pretty big change. Uh, so maybe I think you've, you've hit on it, but maybe if you could just give a little bit more uh, of a sense of how, how that mind shifted. Yeah, of course. And I think you actually had pointed out several points to this. Sorry. Of course they're mowing directly outside while we're doing this. Um, yeah, I think you had mentioned several parts of this on the podcast that I think had been very impactful for me in the way I thought about it. Because again, I am very passionate about the work and I'm very passionate. I was very passionate about what we were trying to achieve. And ironically, I have, or, or I don't know if it's ironic, but I have actually started to work for free on some of these things. So some of the organizations that I used to contract with professionally, I went to them and basically said, Hey, I'm just a person now, like as a citizen, I would like to work with you. And so now I still go to the same meetings that I used to go to. I'm still doing a lot of the same work. And I actually am doing it just for free as a citizen because I care about it. But I think your point about like, if people don't respect your work, it's not like, you know, I think I oftentimes viewed it as kind of like, I'm going to throw myself on the sword because I care about the mission. But in that sense, like, it wasn't me doing anybody a favor. It was just people who thought my work was useless. And so I think that 
was a mind shift where I said like, okay, if I'm actually going to do this for free, I'm going to go work with organizations who are extremely grateful to have somebody who, you know, dedicates 15 to 20 hours every, you know, year and, and, or every year, every week and is working on these things instead of somebody who says, okay, yeah, sure. She works like, that's great, but I don't really care about it. So I think that was really a big shift for me. That's uh, but that I think that's great. I, I I do think it's still possible to find if you're doing the work for free for companies, right, or for entities right now, and you're passionate about your work. It's likely that you could identify uh, a nice joining of doing the work and getting paid. So because that's very common, people are very afraid to lose the connections that they have. Uh, even paying connections, and they miss out on the opportunities they could have. So I would just suggest that it's possible you could look to other organizations that have uh, similar goals that uh, maybe you haven't engaged with before, uh, and you might find that next uh, client that uh, has a happy marriage of uh, valuing you and you feeling valued and uh, um, productive. Yeah. I agree. And and I will say since this all went down, not only did I think a whole array of opportunities open up. And so I realized like, oh, there's not just this organization. Like I could probably work for a dozen other organizations in Virginia alone or hundreds of organizations, similar organizations around the country. So I think you're right. I think oftentimes it just takes a moment to pause and 100%. take a break from what you're doing to realize like, I don't have to be doing this. Like we've been doing this for five years and I was very proud of the work that we did. But when I took a moment, I was suddenly like, oh, there's 75 other organizations that I could do this for. Um, but I will say, and I think this is also an important takeaway is when I did take a break, it also suddenly takes you out of, and I hear this all the time from people where they say like, oh, well, if I quit my job, like what else would I do? And there's this panic about like, well, I'm this person in this organization and that's really all I know how to do. And so not only when I remove myself that I say like, oh, there's a bunch of other organizations that I could do this for, but then I removed myself even a step further. And I thought I suddenly realized like I could do anything. Like I, I don't even necessarily have to be like, you know, like it's funny because after five years, you keep like tunneling deeper and deeper and deeper into one issue area and one geographical area and, you know, all these different specialities. And then when you suddenly step away, you're like, I could, you know, again, I don't know how extreme of a right turn I want to take, but maybe I don't want to be in Virginia politics. Maybe I don't even want to work in government at all. Maybe I don't like being a consultant. And so again, I think there's a chance that I end up returning to a lot of these things, but it did give me that wonderful break to say, okay, I can actually look 30,000 feet and start to question some of these bigger things that while I was in the trenches, I could have never questioned. Yeah. And it's a, it's a pretty incredible story. And I just want to say at a high level, uh, I want to commend your courage because a lot of times, you know, some of the things that we told you in our last business therapy session, they're very, very difficult to put into practice. You know, setting up boundaries, asserting yourself, being confident, having difficult conversations with clients. So I want to say in some ways, your story is really admirable. And for a lot of listeners, it's probably triggering some intense anxiety because it resulted in not only the loss of the client, but the loss of the, the company. 
which in some ways could be, you know, people's worst nightmare. But at a high level, it sounds like you, by following that, that advisement, or at least taking into account as you kind of navigated the situation, you are, you know, speaking of it very positively. So I guess my, my question to you is overall, ever having gone through like a pretty traumatic experience, um, I guess, how would you relate it or what would you advise listeners and how, how you took that courage and how you kind of stuck to being honest and kind of let yourself move in this direction? Um, despite like from surface indicators, it seemed like this might have this might be a terrible outcome for a lot of people. But it sounds like you're you're speaking of it now that it's you've gotten through it as like a positive experience. So I think it, I would love to hear you relate that for folks who are listening and how if you had any advice for people who are navigating similar situations, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I think I would just say. To put it in a really quaint way, like life's too short. Um, I think so many people get, like I said, you get stuck in it. You get, it becomes your everything. And we, you know, we identify so much with our work and then you spend years at a company and then you're identifying with your company or you're identifying with your specialty. I think, especially as a business owner, your company becomes your identity. Like I used to always, if people had me introduce myself, I was an entrepreneur first and foremost. And I was, you know, the owner of Antrim Gray Solutions. It was part of that. And so I think we become so entrenched in things, but when you start to get that gut feeling where you're like, this isn't right, it's really easy to just ignore that gut feeling. And I meet people who have done it for a couple of years. I've met people that have done it for a decade. I meet people who have done it for an entire lifetime. And I guess I would say it's certainly uncomfortable in the short term. And I mean, there was a lot of crying and being very angry in the weeks right after this happened, but now that I actually push through that discomfort, like I said, the world's my oyster. Now I can kind of, I can go join a different company. I have time to think about what I really want to do next. I really view it as like, I did this successful thing for five years and now I just want to figure out what my next chapter is. And so I guess I would say, I know it's uncomfortable and I'm not going to sit here and act like a change like this isn't going to be uncomfortable. It is, but you have to get through it to get to the freedom that's on the other side. So I I would say if you have that gut feeling even a little bit and you're thinking like, this might not be the right path for me, or I might be in the wrong space, or I might want to try something different, push through the discomfort. And and it sounds like uh, there wasn't so much choice on some level. I mean, as Sam said, amazing courage. Um, But ultimately, this wasn't just a story about you asserted value and a client disagreed with the value, you, you said something really critical. And I think that what most people never are really able to do, you're able to see the situation realistically. You said that uh, you were doing things that the client wasn't valuing, no matter how valuable it was. And that is really what causes the most tension for most, most people because they know inside how the world actually is. And they know that something isn't being valued but there's this dogged determination to hold on to how the world should be. And the world should yeah. be where people appreciate this amazing value that you're, that you're bringing. But, and, and having been in that situation myself, if it's not being pulled and pulled is that they are willing to sacrifice something or they, they value it, they show it. And that's in the business world, we show it by, by money. Then, uh, then ultimately you have to accept that it's not valuable in the real world. And that is super hard to do 
But that is what ultimately leads to midlife crises and other problems that people have later on because the tension between what they think they, it should be and what is cannot be reconciled. And amazing work to be able to, in such a short period of time, bring those two worlds together and you just, you sound so energized. It's, it's absolutely amazing. No, seriously. I mean, it's, it's, it's well, amazing. And, and I will make one more comment, which is I see this all the time because I run in a lot of entrepreneurial circles and circles. And like you said, there's a lot of people who I'll talk to and they'll say like, well, we're not making any money or we don't have paying customers, but I know there's value here. And, you know, sometimes it really is about pushing through, but I would say about 90% of the time, it's not. Like if you don't have paying customers, there's a reason you don't have paying customers. And this happened with my first startup and it took me way longer and we just dragged it out and dragged it out. And we just kept being like, if we just come up with a better slogan. And so I think there's, there is, like you said, there's a lot of energy. I think there is a, there's a, freedom and a relief that comes with just cutting things off because I think so many people, and I, again, I have dozens of entrepreneurs just in my network alone who are doing this, where they just keep dragging something out and dragging something out and spending years being like, we're going to figure out how to, you know, draw value out of this. And, you know, again, you don't want on day one decide that, but if you've been doing something for two, three, four years, and really the market is saying like, there's not value here, we're not interested there is something, there is a relief in saying like, okay, we're going to put this to bed. Like, we're not going to keep drawing this out. And so I think that's the relief I'm feeling and kind of saying I had a clean break. It's like a clean breakup. And now I can go walk out into the world and figure out, you know, what my next thing is. Yeah. yeah. Or it could even be the same thing. It's just, you're waiting for the right client. Yes. Exactly. And that's, and that's, so it's not such a radical departure, you know, or no. it's given, you know, or anything like that, but sounds like what you're doing is much better than beating your head against a brick wall. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, like we said, it's not just professional, it's all relationships that are toxic without reciprocation. There's a lot, it's a very easy to justify them, especially when you're in them, any sort of relationship like that. So it, it again, it just, it takes a lot of courage to be honest and to have boundaries and to let that fall where it's going to fall. So, I mean, really your story is, is really an incredible one. And like I said, not an easy thing to do. So, you know, in some ways we really hope that through, through giving you advisement on business therapy, it didn't cause you undue trauma, but it sounds like you're already, even in a short, like Jonathan said, a tremendously short time, you've already kind of uh, digested that a little bit, what happened and, and are coming out the other side positively. So I think it's a great, I think it's a great story and a great outcome. It's a good thing we're doing this podcast eight weeks past the conversation and not two weeks because two weeks afterwards, I may have been a little bit more angry at you guys, but now I'm seeing the light. <laughs> well, that, that's probably a good segue into uh, what do you, I mean, in the where are you now sense, um, could we have done anything to serve you better, um, especially after having gone through this intense experience? Is there anything you can reflect on your time in business therapy? Do you have any feedback for us um, here at the show? We'd love to hear you know, you've gone through getting some advisement, you went through an experience, and if there's anything we could have done better, we'd love to hear it from you. I don't think so. I think you guys were willing to kind of say the uncomfortable, harsh truths that I think in a lot of times in business, we nobody's willing to say. So I appreciated you guys being frank and pushing me a little bit, because I think, like you said, Jonathan, I had a lot of narratives about, oh, I would do this work for free. And things that had been unchallenged for a long time. And I think allowed me to keep one thing along because I had ways to explain it to myself. 
And so I just really appreciate you guys being frank and being honest and sharing your thoughts. And it definitely made a difference. Great. Do you have any last minute comments to the listeners about your experience? Like I said, don't be afraid to push through the discomfort because the freedom on the other side is worth it. And, uh, you know, again, if you, if you have that itch that what you're doing might not be working, don't ignore the itch is all I would say. Great. Well, thank you, Heidi, for coming back on the show. It was a pleasure to have you and hear your, your story as tumultuous as it was. Um, thanks everyone for joining us today for our first, where are you now with uh, past guests? If you have any issues or topics you'd like to bring on to business therapy, we'd love to have you please reach out. Uh, other than that, we will see you all next week.